The first reading and our sponsor of Psalm present to us the constant theme of the two ways. Jeremiah talks about the two trees, one that's lush, one that's dying, one produces fruit, one that doesn't. And it's what Psalm 1 talks about as well. Blessed the man, the blessed man and the wicked man. He goes on, Jeremiah goes on to say that the good is like a fruit tree. And we think about a fruit tree, what's the purpose of the fruit that a tree produces? <clears throat> it's not for itself. A tree doesn't produce fruit to nourish itself or to enhance itself. The fruit is intended for other people, for the environment, for other things. And when we take that maybe to the gospel, these two men, the rich man and Lazarus, we can hear this story and see where their lives ended. But before we get to the end of their lives, just their life on earth, we can imagine which one we, would we want to be. The rich man who has everything or the poor man who's dying, covered in sores, laying in the street. I think all of us would say, I want to be the rich man. And I think many of us would say, God wants me to be the rich man. God wants me to have the things of this world to enjoy them and not to be destitute and not to be sick and covered in sores. But when we look deeper into the story, this isn't a competition versus the poor and the rich. You know, scriptures remind us it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money itself. And why is that? Because as we all can attest to, the more of our lives that are taken care of by material needs, the less automatic need we have for God. We're not as dependent. We don't realize how dependent we are on him for everything. We take things for ourselves. We begin to turn in on ourselves and and making more money or getting more things or protecting what I have becomes my focus. So unlike that fruit tree who's producing for others, we begin to be self-absorbed and focused only on ourselves. And we can see that even in the after, afterlife with the rich man. He still only saw Lazarus as someone who could help him who could benefit him. First, he said, bring me some water. No. Okay, well then go tell my brothers what to do. He saw Lazarus as a tool that he could use for self-enhancement. And this is the danger that we all face as we see people as objects of use versus the object of my love. And this is why this season of Lent should be one that's a struggle for us as we come to terms to what Jeremiah said about how treacherous the human heart is. Who can understand it? You know, we hear this crazy stuff in the world today about follow your heart, listen to your heart. I mean, unless your heart's completely converted over to Jesus Christ and you don't sin ever again, then I would not recommend listening to your heart as the main way. 
Go back to what Psalm 1 said. It's those of us who dwell and meditate on the law of God, not who look within ourselves for the truth. This constant battle that we're in, it's depicted with the two ways of the, the fruitful tree or the barren tree or the, the wicked man who sits with the, with the scoffers and the liars or the blessed man who sits and dwells on the gospel, the, the law of the Lord. The one who's turned in on himself versus the one who's looking out. Lent in our life as a disciple is intended to purify our hearts so that we can become like Jesus. So that when we die, we can be with him forever in heaven. That's what matters. Because as Abraham told the rich man, you got the good things while you were alive. And what does it mean to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? Again, it's not that the things of this world are bad in and of themselves. But as we all know, they so easily become disproportionate in our lives that we begin to seek pleasure and power and honor when the way of the Lord is the opposite. That we're called to seek the low place, to be humble, self-forgetful, dying to self in this world so that in the next world we can live with Jesus forever.